Let's do one, two, three, four, five, and then clap on six, okay? But you got to do the ands. One and two and three and four, that? Yes. And then we'll clap five and and clap on six? Yep. Okay, here we go. Ready? Mm-hmm. One and two and three and four and five and... Oh, I forgot to clap. God damn it, really? Hey, everybody. Welcome to I'm Okay, You're Okay. I'm not okay. You're not okay. With me, Bob Schneider... And your other host, Clint Wells. You're welcome. Is that a Kango hat you've got on? It's a Kango hat. Yeah. Kangol with an L. <laughs> Sorry to correct you. It's a Kango Kangol hat. No, it's a. Um, it's actually a Dave Matthews band hat backwards. Oh, nice. So I'm going to put it on like so. Now you can see that it's a. Uh, the Dave Matthews hat. It's a guy who just saw a, a spider. He's like, oh shit! I caught, I saw a sp- ah. There's a spider. He jumps up, and then makes a trill a billion dollars. I went to the gas station last night to get some uh, snacks for a basketball game. Mm-hmm. And the two dudes working at the counter were young, which is unusual for the, your average gas station workers. Doesn't tip typically. They're not the youth. You know what I mean. They're definitely not the youth of America. But they were these young guys, and this one guy, I mean, I'm saying they were like maybe in their early 20s. And this one guy had this weird energy where he was like, that'll be 250. He getting the lemonade? That'll be five bucks. And you can imagine me Jesus, just trying to buy this shit. Right. And, he, and my lack of reaction was kind of ramping him up more. Yeah. And I eventually just said, hey, man, the flavor is just too strong for me, man. The flavor is too strong. And it was such a weird exchange because the world is such that I thought, is this guy crazy? Like, could this guy, like, kill me? Is this the last day for him? He works at the Tom Thumb. He's selling me lemonade. He's created some game that he can win in his life. His way of doing that is to... He's turned into some very gregarious, loud, strange, confrontational character at the Jiffy Lube. What do you do with a guy like that? Other than move away from them. I mean, you really have to try to limit the you have to limit the amount of time spent interacting with people like that. I would say all people, I would say 99.999% of all people, you really should try to uh, limit. Oh, yeah. If someone could have told me in a crystal ball, hey, you're going to encounter this guy today, I would have said, give me the steps of how to not ever see him, and I'll follow them. I'll follow <laughs> every you, one of them. Let me tell you my story with interacting with a stranger that went awry. I got kind of talked into going golfing yesterday, Okay, and which is fine, uh, with another gentleman, uh, an acquaintance, and we get there, and they put us in a group with two other strangers. Neither of them knew each other. So now I'm hanging out with this guy and then these two strangers. Now, they're all like gentlemen of, they're all like business guys. They're like, one guy's a, one guy, I did. he told me what he did. He told me what his wife did. I still don't know what either of them did. Something to do with some kind of business. We're in business. Yeah. She like ran a bunch of stores. I'm like, what? Does she run them? What is she? And he told me, and then everything he said was just pops and buzzes. Yeah. He'd be like speaking just, don't team up me, bing, bang, bing, bang, bing. <laughs> and he'd be done with the sentence. And I was just like, I didn't want to say, I don't know what you're saying. So I just, I would just say, oh, okay. 
but I didn't understand. I said, okay, but no understanding mm-hmm. happened. All right. So that's one guy. Now this other guy, very skinny, looks like he, he could have been 75, could have been 85, could have been 55. Looked like a gentle, like an English gentleman that you'd see at a polo grounds riding a polo. Had a mustache. Mm-hmm. Not a mustache, a mustache. That's different. A mustache. Mm-hmm. Gray, all gray, very skinny. At one point, I asked him if he ate the same things every day. And he said, <laughs> he said, yeah, pretty much. I start off the day with fruit. I'm like, oh, okay. Noted, eat more fruit to be skinny like this mustached British. And I asked him at one point, I was like, are you a British gentleman? And he said, no. Here's the thing with this guy. This guy was an electrical engineer and made boards that the chips go in yeah and is retired yeah turns out he's just a couple years older than me even though he looks 25 years older than me the other thing i found out about this guy zero sense of humor in terms of my humor oh dude that's a hard one so these be i say beautiful these cute girls come up the cart girls come up they have beverages. I don't know if you've ever been to a golf course. No, no, I'm not a I'm not a muckety muck shithead golfing shithead. I don't know what happens at those. Yeah, so they they come up to our, our group and they're like, "Hey, do you guys want some drinks?" And I'm like, "Yes, of course. I need that Coke Zero, son." So I go up there, and this guy's the mustached British gentleman guy with no sense of humor. He gets some like a Gatorade or, or a bottle of water or something. And he wants to pay her with cash. And she's like, oh, I'm sorry, we don't do cash. And he's like, I think there's a law. I think there's a law where you can't refuse cash. I'm not sure if that's still around. And I'm there and I'm, you know, Mr. Gregarious. So I'm like, oh, yeah, that law's still in place in 1883 Wyoming. <laughs> now, I thought that was kind of, <laughs> kind of funny. He just looked at me. And in that moment, I had that same thing that you had, which was like, is this guy a serial killer? <laughs> am I gonna get put am I gonna get targeted? Is he gonna come to my house in a couple weeks while I'm sleeping and just foot, foot, foot while I'm sleeping and then eat my liver? Cause that's the vibe I got for a second. Doesn't sound too bad, actually. Dude. Hit you with that silent gun. I mean, I, I don't want to say I don't want to. Dude, it sounds really good, but also I don't want to put that into the IOK listening space because you know, you know our thanks daddy uh, fans, they like to please their thanks daddies. The other thing about playing a game of golf with strangers that you're realizing quickly that you don't get along with, golf takes a long time. A long That's time. a commitment. It wasn't even, I'm telling you, it wasn't even that we didn't get along. These guys, I mean, I was, I'm when I'm on the course, I like to crack some jokes, dude. Well, that's just life. Yeah, I don't get invited very often. Plus, also, guess how many times I golf when I'm making the golf plans? Zero. In my life. I'm going to guess zero. <laughs> ding, ding, we have a winner. Right. Zero times in my life have I planned to go golfing. It's a very strange feeling when you realize you're encountering someone with no sense of humor. I was recently filming for a reality TV show in L.A., uh-huh. When I was playing out in the background. You've done those before. Yeah. And I'm doing what you're doing. First of all, if it's up to me, little old me, I'm not in Los Angeles. I'm not on a fucking film set. Yeah. I'm not getting mic'd up and signing wave. I'm not trying to see my fat ass on TV. 
here, here. But it's not up to me. But it's not up to me. You know, it's not up to me. So I am there. And guess what I'm going to do if I'm there? Make the best of it. Yeah. I've turned it into my own game. Yeah. But my game, unlike the guy at the gas station, isn't to be a psychopath and scream no. at people. My no. game is actually to be the charming man that you know I can be. You've seen it. Yeah. I've seen it. I've seen it. You, you're, you're the oil that keeps the machinery humming. Well, so I'm there at this thing early. So the only people in this event space, which will later be filled with guests and then be filmed, uh-huh. are the camera crew people, like production people. Yeah. And they're micing me up. This chick's like right in my face. I'm making self-effacing jokes. And they're just falling like turds in a punch bowl, dude. They're falling like turds in a punch bowl. Because everyone in Los Angeles is scared to death. Oh, yeah. They're scared. They're going to lose their gig. They're going to lose their job. They don't have any money. Are they talented? Are they beautiful? Will the world love them? No, 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 no. Oh, the answer is always no. It's no. But I know what they're scared of, and I'm not going to be the one to tell them no. That's up to their parents and their spouses and God. Yeah. Not little old me. Somebody didn't love those people. Yeah. They're, they're all out there doing God knows what behind closed doors to even be on the TV show I was filming for. You know, so sex. You're talking about sex stuff. Maybe who knows, or who knows what's going on up there? <laughs> for I mean, sure, it's no, La for La sure. Land. For sure, they're t- dude. They're all doing some kind of sex stuff. It's called Hollyweird. It's called Hollyweird. It's not called Hollywood. They're all rubes from some town, and they had yeah. a little dream. They dreamed a little yeah. dream, and they came yeah. to what you know is a city that is like a monster that will chew up, chew you up, the purest things in your life, and. Sp- and throw you to the wolves. That's day one in Los Angeles. Yeah, they should call it Holly No. So, I'm making jokes. No one's laughing. And I even said to one of these dudes, so one of these dudes is like micing me up or something. I said, hey man, does anyone in this goddamn town have a sense of humor? And you know what he said? He looked at me blankly like American Psycho and he said, I'm from Minnesota. And then he walked away. Right. Exactly. Dude, I'm telling you, dude. Like he that, took it uh, literally. And, I know. And, and then he bagged out by saying, well, I'm not even from here. Like he he wasn't like, oh yeah, I get it. But, you know, it, it was dude, here, strange. This this was the epiphany I had on the golf course. I only talk to creative artist types and creative artist types. We're scared. We're scared just like everybody we're else. We're not not scared. We're not, dude. We're 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 not not scared, but we know where the juice <laughs> we're is. We're terrified, but we know where we're the juice terrified. is. But what? How we protect ourselves is to make sure that everybody is having a good old time. The way some people protect themselves is by murdering and killing other people, and then they feel safe because they're like, "Oh, I can murder and kill everybody around me." So that's the way I feel safe. Those people don't need to make sure everybody's happy, right? But you and me. We need to make sure everybody's, because if everybody's not happy, all of a sudden we're real scared. It's one of the reasons I resonate so much with that story about Dave Matthews, that when he was a bartender, he was the guy pouring the drinks heavy. That's mm-hmm. that's it. It's not because he wanted to get anyone drunk. He probably was scared of people. Yeah. It was because exactly what you're saying, artist types... Everyone just turns everything of life into a game that they can win so that they don't kill themselves. Right. And some for some people, that game is to kill themselves. And then, you know, they win that game. But <laughs> artists, just whether you're topping... Everybody else. <laughs> whether you're topping somebody off or you're screaming in the gas station or just screaming in the street or shitting in a Starbucks. Have you seen the video of the, the white lady who's not like a poor person, but she has to shit 
And she goes into a Starbucks and they're basically doing the whole like, hey, it's customers only, you know, like we can't just let our bathroom be where everyone shits. And then she just Gigi Allen's in the middle of the Starbucks. She just shits on the floor like an animal and throws it at them. That's that's what Gigi Allen did on the reg. I don't know who Gigi Allen is. Oh, do yourself a favor when this podcast is over and get on YouTube and just Google Gigi Allen and YouTube. You'll you'll enjoy it. It's it's it's. If there's anybody that's been real rock and roll, it's Gigi Allen. Okay. At the end of his life, for about the last year that he was alive, he would tell people, come to my show, I'm going to kill myself. Mm. And then he wouldn't. But then he OD'd one night in Houston, not long after that. So, I mean, he did, he just didn't do it on stage. Wow. But he would immediately take a shit and then try to get people, tackle them, and then rub them try to tackle them and put them in his own shit or take a shit that he just shit on stage and throw it at people. Like he played, he played in Austin literally two weeks before he died or a week before he died. And I totally wanted to go to that show, but we had a gig that night. And my thing was like, Oh, I'm going to one up Gigi Allen and I'm going to bring a, a toilet and put it on stage and load it up with chocolate pudding so nobody would be able to see it. And then at some point, pretend that I was like sitting on the toilet and take a shit in it. And then it would just be pudding and then throw that pudding at people. Wow. I never did. I never did, of course. Meanwhile, a friend of mine went to his show and he said that the first thing he did when he hit the stage was took a shit and then threw it at people and everybody left. (laughs) (laughs) And that was the end of the show. The show lasted five minutes. (laughs) And then he then he was dead a week later. Well, that part's sad, but I'm trying to find the guy from Lowe is telling a story about a band. It's now making me wonder if it was that band. You've described, um, you know, Austin art college darlings, um, butthole surfers kind of this way. Like Gibby Haynes, you know, he would show like video footage of like a, a, a sex change operation while they played those oh, yeah. songs, you know, like those guys were just kind of gacked out on, you know, they had their own game and then that game kind of became a heroin game. But they were talking about this band that was like Gibby Haynes. And they said said they went to a show and the show started with the bass player pile driving the lead singer willfully. You know what a pile driver is in wrestling? Where you pick them up where their heads towards the ground and you're holding their legs and then you jump on your butt and you slam their head into the ground. Mm. That's how the show started. The show started where someone did that to the lead singer and then he got up and started the show. And they're just setting, it's like a primal tone. They're, they're just basically letting everyone know yeah, anything could happen today. And I guess that people like that. It's just scary, though. I mean, back in the, right when I got to Austin, which was 89, 90, 90, that whole period of time I was going to shows every night. And I mean, I saw some shit. There was a band called Miracle Room. And they would name. And they would play their guitars with like drills. Uh. And... I was watching a show of theirs and they got one of those metal trash cans with the, you know, those old school metal trash cans with this sort of rounded with dome. With the lid? With the lid? Kind of rounded dome with the little trash, you know, you put the trash in the top with that little thing. But it's all metal. And they took a, a grinder and just grinded into the top of it and it just shot sparks into the audience. But while it was shooting sparks, it was little bits of tiny little bits of metal. And I was standing there, and they were just hitting my chest, these little tiny bits of metal. I was like, oh, if that goes in my eye, game over. Like, I'm I'm blind in that eye. Done. 
So I, m- I moved back to the back of the room. I went into a place one night, and this guy was just sitting up there. It's the middle of a show. It's a band called uh, Crust. And the guy was up there in his underwear, and he looked like he'd soiled himself, but just wearing some tidy whities and he was crying. And then at some point, he just started burning his ball hair with a lighter. He like <laughs> took his balls out and started burning them with a, burning the hair off with a lighter. And then somebody, I didn't see this, but I guess at another concert, he had picked up a pig's head and was having sex with the pig's head on stage. Oh my God. And so is any music involved? The music sounds like this. Oh, the other thing, when I walked in and he was in his underwear and he was crying, he was just basically describing his dad having sex with him. Oh, God. (laughs) was the whole song. was just a real vivid description of his dad fucking him. Now, here's the thing about art. That might have been true or he might have been making that up. Either way, it doesn't matter. It's still great. Like I, yeah. for me as an audience member, A plus. Well, so a this plus. band that I was talking about, it's called Cows. Have you ever heard of them? Like a cow. No. He says, saw them play in Duluth in 88. Show started with the roadie coming up and full upside down pile driving Shannon, the singer. Band slammed the downbeat as he hit the stage floor. Then he jumped up and they proceeded to destroy for 39 minutes. It was gnarly and terrifying. And someone says, Terrifying is 100% accurate. I saw them play a show, and after three songs, Shannon tore off his cowboy hat, revealing a sandwich, which he proceeded to eat. <laughs> Dude, all right. So I saw I saw a show, and it was Crust, the band that fucked the pig's head and burned his right. hair. Aforementioned, aforementioned Crust, yeah. And another band called Cheezus. Now, Cheezus, on the other hand, was four guys who were like kind of a punk band, and they were like funny. So they called themselves Cheezus, but like the guy would wear like a suit made of where he had taken American cheese slices and like safety pinned them to him, to his suit. So he was covered in American cheese slices. Okay. And then their their songs were fun and like punk songs. And he would come out in the audience and do a lot of shit and act kind of crazy, but it was all in good fun. Now, Crest, on the other hand, not like... You believed it when Crest yeah, was playing. Yeah, that guy's burning his ball hair in a single efficiency apartment where yeah. as the light fades from the sun and it gets dark, the whole room gets dark too because there's no lights in there, except maybe you just see the cherry of a cigarette light yeah. spark up every 45 seconds. He's he's crying. Nobody's laughing. Anyway, except for me, maybe. So so they play a show together, and it was called The Church of Jesus Crest, and- <laughs> So Crest gets up there, and and Jesus was kind of a big band at that time. So Crest was the opener. So Crest plays. They do their do their whole thing, and then at some point, Jesus Jesus gets up, and they're doing their thing, and and part of their act, I guess, is to throw Twinkies into the audience. There was a lot of food back in those days for whatever reason. Throwing well, food those, were those the days of Gallagher, the comedian? Was he a big influence in some of these bands? I don't know. Nobody was. Nobody was. I mean, no. They were just. I don't know what they were just interacting with the audience. So at some point, he gets a box of Twinkies, and he's kind of opening these Twinkies. They're individually wrapped, throwing them into the audience. The audience is kind of throwing them back. It's all good fun. The guy from Crust <laughs> gets on stage. And he, he, he's a maniac. 
the guy's a maniac. Like, you, I, I, there's no way that guy's alive. That was 33 years ago. There's <laughs> no way that guy's alive. Now, he gets up there, grabs one of these Twinkies, and doesn't even open it in in the cellophane, shoves it into the lead singer of Jesus's mouth. And starts jamming it down, <laughs> down into his, like to suffocate him and murder him. And the guy from Jesus was visibly shaken and scared. And they had to like tackle him and get this guy off him to get the Twinkie out of this guy's mouth so he didn't murder him. All right. Let me read. This is, they actually have a Wikipedia page. Who? Crust? Crust was a musical group from Austin, Texas, active during the late 1980s and 90s. Featured on Trans Syndicate Records, a record label run by King Coffee from the Butthole Surfers. Okay, that's of course that's yeah. making sense. The group members were John Hawkins on vocals, Jerry Page bass, Misk, Richard Smith percussion. Um, shortly after its formation, the trio organized and released a compilation cassette. Those are the good old cassette days. Oh, all I had was a cassette of theirs. Right, and the cassette sounded like this. <laughs> the album was called. The album was called The Polyp Explodes. Yeah. Uh, along with Crust, the cassette featured the Austin band's Miracle Room, Ed Hall, ST37, Seaman, and Thanat- Thanatopsis Throne. Uh, the band's early instrumentation included tape loops, feedback devices, spring reverb, drum machines, later incorporated traditional rock instruments. I'm just trying to see. Crust achieved some notoriety for their stage antics, which frequently included live earthworms, fresh beef tongues, nudity, and fire. Yeah. And they fire fire in in burning their ball hair off with a lighter. On Good Friday of 1990, they released their first EP, Sacred Heart of Crust. They toured the East Coast. Songs such as Head Lice emerged from the group's travel experiences. The band, the band continued to tour, but scaled back its live performances following a series of mishaps, including one in which John Hawkins was stabbed. Finally, this banding after an appearance at the 1997 South by Southwest Festival. They performed a reunion show to a sold-out crowd at Room 710 in 2004. Do you know that place? Never heard of it. There's not a lot about those antics. But, you know, the 90s was such an interesting time. I'm reading Chuck Klosterman's book right now about the 90s. Where a lot of shit like that happened, and all we really have of it is the memory of it. Like, a lot of it just, you know, like, a lot of shows that you played in Joe Rockhead, you know, or even Ugly Americans, that, the shit just was just for you guys and the people that you were doing it with. Yeah, I know? mean, it predates phones with, I mean, it predates phones with cameras. Who, who are you going to bring a camera to a fucking rock show? You know what sucks is because everyone, you know, we all get older and we all sort of pine for the time that we were kids, maybe. So it's, there's no way, but at some point, someone is right about that. Like, it was a better time. It felt more alive. People are fucking sad now. People are fucked up now. Seeing everything all the time has not been good for us. Yeah. It's turned us into zombies in a way that, where people have made it into zombies by like television or by like, disc by cd players in the 90s i can't i can't remember were people made into zombies by like game boys or you know telephones i mean yeah here's the thing people are gonna try to dissociate from the fear or existential angst of being alive and existing so they're gonna always do that they've always done it and back in the day i mean michelangelo got out his little chisel and his hammer and went to work on a piece of fucking marble all day long but I do think that at this point, yeah, but they didn't have chat GPT, dude. Like 
now it feels like we're hurtling towards the singularity for sure. Well, I do think a lot of content is just designed to make you scared or angry. So the people that I, that when I see somebody that's really jacked up about something, they're like really plugged in to some, to their social media. If you, I, you know, I, I, for me, I'm like, I, unplugged from all that shit a while ago and if i don't look at any of that stuff i'm just fucking tweedly dean through the day yeah like, happy times because really what's going on i mean i'm breathing i'm walking around i've got you know what i mean i'm not living in absolute poverty so and that's my, i think that's most people but then you get you know you get like most people everything's fine for most people now there are people don't have any food or living on the streets or but that's that's not the iok listeners (laughs) the iok listeners are listening to this on some device which they bought you know what i mean yeah they're fine and but they're they're troubling themselves unnecessarily by listening to anything other than (laughs) iok like if you're listening to anything besides this you're troubling yourself right and why for what Don't do it. I will say I watched the series, not the season, the series finale of Succession. Fell asleep. Real boring. Horrible ending. I watched the first three episodes of the first season, never watched it again. And I'm fine with that. I always liked Will Forte, though. Will Forte always had a very absurdist-type vibe when when whatever he was trying to do would get through. I always got the sense that whatever he was trying to do over there couldn't, couldn't get through, you know? When you got the Will Ferrells of the world, that are somehow being original and clever, but also just so commercial. Like Will Ferrell, who could touch him? He was just so commercially successful. His comedy somehow worked for everybody, even though it's pretty strange itself. So someone like Will Forte or Tracy Morgan, like some of those more lesser-known cast members from those eras, they're not going to get their shit on. They're not going to be on TV, you know? No one saw the MacGyver movie that he made. I tried to watch it. I mean, I I tried to watch it. It's hard. It's a hard. It's hard to watch that stuff. I never thought he was that funny. I never thought Jason Sudeikis was very funny either. And now that I know him from Ted Lasso, I've been going back and watching some of the SNL stuff. It's not that good. <laughs> he also kind of springboarded into a movie career that really worked. Like he's pretty good in those movies. That where's the Mil- where the Millers? Pretty good comedy. Well, he was like a. So his deal was like he was a. A, a big basketball, like he was a really good basketball player in high school and maybe in college and then got hurt or something, or at some point couldn't play and then decided he was going to become an actor and then just kind of got side tracked into comedy. Uh, so he wanted, he wanted to be like a legitimate, like he did he study acting and shit? He yeah. Go to school and, yeah. yeah. And Bill Hader, the same thing. Like Bill Hader wanted to be a director. Like he wanted to go to school, become a director like a film director. And now, I mean, this last season of Barry, he directed every episode. And oh, Barry's excellent. Great. It's great. Yeah. It's amazing how many of those guys like really know acting. Like Danny McBride is a guy you wouldn't expect to have like literally gone to film school, like studied screenwriting. You know, he has like screenwriting credits on like shit like the Halloween movie. Like he's he's doing shit in Hollywood that people don't even know. They think they know him as kind of a dumb, his, that dumb, arrogant character he plays in every show he's in. Yeah. But he's doing a lot of other shit too, and he kind of like studied dramatic acting. It's interesting, dude. I feel like I've learned so much shit in the last week. I just found out that Phil Hartman from SNL 
Did you know that he he died? <laughs> Found out Did he you know died. He died. I just heard. I was like, I couldn't believe it. <laughs> Turns out it was twenty years ago. I didn't know this about him. He was a graphic designer even after he got famous as Phil Hartman on SNL and designed like thirty movie posters that are like iconic hmm. and no record. Co- he did a bunch of record covers like Asia from Steely Dan. He did that cover. Really? Phil Hartman did that? Phil Hartman. Dude, That's it's like, like legit record covers that you know Phil Hartman huh. designed. It's so weird. Wow. Hmm. Well, aren't we just a wealth of just little conversational factoids, little culture vulture factoids? And you know what? You're welcome. Yeah. I hear them out there. They're saying, thanks, daddies. Thanks for giving me something to talk about on Thanksgiving other than Joe Biden or Donald Trump. You're welcome. Yeah, now we're, we're about- loading you up for Thanksgiving right now. Like, well, it's it's June, but it's never too soon. That's what I say. It rhymes. It's easy to remember. It's never too soon to start getting ready for shit for Thanksgiving. You could say about anything. It's it may be June, but it ain't too soon. No, to do whatever, to plan for next Valentine's Day. It may be July, but wave goodbye to July soon because it's not June, but it will be November. Remember, you big dummy. <laughs> All right, we're gonna skedaddle into the secret weekly time flu because we were having fun. You can join us for things unutterable on the normal episode by joining us on Patreon. Yeah, if you're not on that secret weekly, what are you doing? What are you even doing? What are look, you, you even go look doing? in the mirror? Go look in the mirror and ask yourself, what are you doing? You're here's what are you what, doing? Here's what you're doing. Fucking yourself. <laughs> like real bad. Not in what, a good way, huh? No, not in a good way. There's a good way to fuck yourself and a bad way. And the bad way is to not get involved in that sequel. How how do they do that, by the way, Clint? They go to patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash I O K. You can uh, you can pay one dollar five dollars twenty dollars, but you can support the podcast every week. We get together, unless I'm doing insane international touring, of course, which I'm done with, by the way, for the time being. Uh, but we take time to put this together for you guys. We're going to make them anyway. We're going to give them away for free anyway. But if you are willing and able, and you want to support the people who do make things that bring you joy, make you laugh every week, give you a bit of a break from what we call the maw, getting sucked into the maw. We sort of help with that a little bit. Now, is there a nice little FAQ when people go there so they can do what I do, which I didn't do for a long time, and I'm, I feel bad about it now, which is get their secret weekly to just pop up on their on their podcast yeah. feed. When you get there, you're going to find out a way to get the Secret Weekly the same way you get this podcast. It's going to show up on whatever platform that you use to listen to podcasts. If you do have trouble with it, you can always email us, bobandclint at gmail.com. Send us an email anyway. Let us know what's going on. Let us know what you think about the episodes and give us some stuff that you want to hear us talk about because we're open books, we're into it, and we love you guys and we appreciate you and we'll see you in the Secret Weekly. Peace. Bye. Bye. <laughs>